Welcome to the Sabbath version of the Daily Walk. I'm your host, Wayne Clevenger, and today we are in the book of Galatians. We are going to cover chapters 1 through 6, which is the whole book, which may sound like a lot, but it's really not. And we're going to try to dismantle the bar of doing good is all I need because it goes clear back to the early church, even during Paul's era. And they look at doing good as if I follow the book of Moses, which is the Ten Commandments. If we always think of the book of Moses as when he was on Mount Sinai and came back down with the stone tablets you know, and there's a lot written on those. We always think of the Ten Commandments on there, but there's a lot more that goes with that because, you know, God gave them all the the other precursors and cursors that go with that to how to worship, how to give tithes and offerings, how to live day to day. And so they just thought, if we follow these rules or these scruples or these guidelines, let's just call them that, or for some of us that are in the first responder world of helping people protocols, we will be good. But, you know, that's not a whole lot different than opening a big box of furniture that you have to put together. I'm sitting at a desk that I had to put together. And if I followed the directions, it would go together properly. And I watched someone else put this same desk together who didn't follow the directions and it didn't go together very well. And a life in Christ is more than just following directions. A life in Christ says his direction is planted in your heart. A life in Christ says you don't have to read a book because the Holy Spirit will guide you. And that's what Paul's trying to tell people. So his first thing here is I'm surprised at how you turned away so soon from God and his loving mercy of Christ, and you're following a different way that pretends to be the good news, but it's not the good news at all. You're being fooled by those who deliberately twist the truth concerning Christ. And see, that, I believe, still happens today because when we know that the Lord doesn't want us to do or live a certain way, and yet we see another entity that's approving of it, then we go there and we follow that entity. But, you know, and I, you know, I live in that myself sometimes because I have those close to me that get angry with me 
because they supposedly know truth. And I said, okay, but I'm just going to follow. And I guess I'll be cursed by you for you know what you call the truth. And I follow what is absolute truth that I see the Lord give me through his word. Because my textbook says this in the Holy Bible. And that's what I'm going to live through what the Lord gives me direction in in my life. Now, what Paul's trying to say is you can't live without directions, but you have more than direction, okay? So he goes through how he came to know his directions, and, you know, it goes back to the age-old psalm that says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. So he he goes through the whole thing about how he came to know Christ, how Christ became one with him, how he's met him on the road, how uh, he met the disciples, Peter and James, and how all that, there's the years, all that took place in here, and uh, how he got confronted because he's teaching that they don't have to be circumcised. And see, there's things that people want us to do that are of their own mindset to be Christian, and that's not biblically straight. And, you know, I have a friend that I really admire, and, you know, his word is, you know, we're, we're fighting battles that are irrelevant to whether we make heaven or not, what we really need to be focused on is does someone have a relationship with Christ? And that's what Paul's doing is he's like, we need the law to help us live day to day because remember the book of Moses has how to live day to day. But what we have to understand is we cannot get to heaven on just doing good. We have to repent of our sins, ask the Lord into our life, and make him Lord of our life. So you have another friend that says, it's one thing to know Jesus, but it's another thing to have him as Lord of your life. Is he Lord of your life? Is there some unrepentant sin that you have in you that you're holding on to that he's not Lord over. And see, when we follow the rules, we could still be having sin in our life too. And that's what Paul's trying to point out is, my old self has been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Because if keeping the rules makes us right with God, then there was no need for Christ to die. Because if all we had to do is follow the rules, follow the book, follow the, follow the law, as he puts it, if all we had to do was just do good, then why did Christ come? But we have to do more, you know, and, and we always hear, well, so-and-so was a good person. Yeah, but did they have a relationship with Christ? 
it's right there. We're born with that carnal nature. We're born with those things that that separate us from God. So we have to do that. So we have to look at this. Paul asked the question, did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses by following the rules? Of course not. If we just do good all the time, we never receive the Holy Spirit. We have to, and remember, Jesus told us, you can't receive this gift until you receive me. So in other words, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, we have first got to be saved. <laughs> we first got to repent. We first got to say, Lord, I need you in my life. And then we got to say, Lord, I need you to be Lord over my life. And then the infilling of the Holy Spirit comes in, and it's like, I surrender everything to you. You lead my life. And the Spirit comes into us because we believe that Jesus is truly who he says he is, and we're going to let him follow or let him lead us through life, and we're going to follow everything he has for us. And when we let him in our life, then our old nature is taken out of us. And it's the real children of Abraham, you know, because their big beef is, well, we're children of Abraham. It's the real children of Abraham that put their faith in God because he goes back through the whole aspect that Abraham left not knowing anything because God told him to because he trusted God. That's what faith is about. So it is through faith that a righteous person has life. Through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing he promised Abraham so that we who are believers might receive the promise of the Holy Spirit through faith. So the Gentiles, he's telling it that way because the Jewish people believe you have to go through these rituals to be real, and he's telling them, no, that's not the case. They have the same way of salvation that anybody does. And that's some of the denominational battles some people get into is, well, you're not real because you didn't do it our way. Well, you're not real because you don't do it our way. And that's what my friend says. We are in these squabbles that don't matter when our real focus should be. Do they have a relationship with Christ? That's what really matters. Because we have all this Holy Spirit moving in us because we have faith. Do they have faith in Christ? And what I love is how he points out that we are all children of God. When we become children of God, there is no longer separation. And that's what I keep talking about. The world's never going to be united as long as the church is divided. And that goes to the church local to all the churches of the world. As long as we keep working against each other, and I have a friend that's working his tail off to bring the churches into unity. And as hard as he works, it seems like the forces work against him. And But kudos to that effort. And here's the thing. there can no, There's no longer Jew or Gentile, slave, free male or female. You are all one in Christ. 
It's like this whole new realm of being is formed once we let Jesus into our hearts and we get filled with the Holy Spirit. If we could just look at it like that is I'm not this, I'm not that, I am one in Christ. And if we can just say I'm one in Christ and look at each other as being all one in Christ, then we could just let it be because just like we are all one human race, we all have different variations to our looks, ethnicities, and all that. Can't we just be one in Christ and just be one in Christ? Because <laughs> we are heirs in God's promise to Abraham. And that's what we got to focus on. And he goes into this thing. What I love is the way it came to be because he his promise to Abraham was this. He was going to give him a son, right? But Abraham got antsy and has a son with Hagar, his the servant, the maidservant, and she represents Mount Sinai where people receive the law that enslaved them. But that's not what God said. No, I said you would have a son with your wife, Sarah, not the maidservant. And so when Sarah actually has a son, Isaac, her son represents, she's the free woman and she's the mother of freedom. And so everybody from there is the children of freedom. No longer bound to the law because Jesus comes out of that that lineage and he is no longer binds us to the law. Yes, we need to have his word written in our heart, but he lives within us so that we can know that law it's like etched in us. And I always said this before when I was uh, working as a flight medic, I always wanted to know my protocols so that when I'm working on somebody's loved one, it I just knew it so that you didn't have to worry or be concerned or say, oh, man, does he know what he's doing? And when we have the Holy Spirit living in us, that same protocol book, the word made plain, Jesus spoken word, Jesus written word, the logos and rhema of the word is etched in our heart if we have that discipline. And that's when the Holy Spirit just moves through us and speaks to us and leads us through life and helps us make good decisions and we know where we're going. I just think that's cool. I think it's awesome. So we do need it, like Paul's saying, we need it for the guidelines, but it's not the only way we get there. We have to have Jesus. And so he goes into this, and chapter five is this great check system for if we're living a Holy Spirit life. And I always refer people there because, you know, if you're having some angst issues, if you're having some angry outbursts, if you're having, uh, you know, 
some hangups with sexual immorality or whatever. This is a great checklist. And he says, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Because when, si when the desires of your sinful nature, this is Galatians 5, look at it starting at 19. When the desires of your sinful nature are leading you, it's clear they are. Because what happens is sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling. I mean, check this. If this is a part of your day somewhere, one of these, then the Holy Spirit isn't leading you anymore. Hostility, quarreling. Are you are you a quarreler? Like, do you argue about it? Are you argumentative? Jealousy. Do you have jealousy in your life? Are you jealous of others all the time? Does it seem like, you know, when somebody gets kudos, you get angry about it? If somebody gets to start something and you don't, do you get angry about it? That's not a Holy Spirit life. Outbursts of anger. Ooh. Does that happen? What about selfish ambition or dissension or division? Envy, drunkenness, then he gets into wild parties and other sins like these. These are not of the Holy Spirit and you will not inherit the kingdom of God. Plain and simple. And you know, we look through this and we see the first few that talk about sexual immorality and stuff like that and we just blow through it but there's those ones that are that are very real in people's lives selfish ambition division envy hostility quarreling jealousy outbursts of anger and and you know we don't want to check those but they're real and that's not a Holy Spirit life. So if those are alive in us on this Sabbath day, we need to repent. We need to say, Lord, I, I want to give those to you. I want to crucify those on the cross with you. Because a Holy Spirit life produces this kind of fruit in our lives. This kind of fruit. It's one fruit, one, one fruit. It doesn't say fruits, these kind of fruits. It's one fruit. Like an orange is one fruit or a grapefruit is one fruit with many segments. Love, biggest of all, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law against these. And see, to, to look at the word, a lot of times you got to read the word and digest it to see where these things come out to says we got to be this. But the word is all summed up once and foremost in this one thing, and Paul brings this out. The word comes up to this one biggest thing. Let us live in love. It's the greatest commandment of them all. So, if we live in love like we're supposed to, let's not get tired of doing what is good.
let's share our burdens with each other because that's the way of Christ's law. He wants us to do that. And let's be careful of our own work and our own way of life. Let's be careful because everyone is evaluating that. And we're all teachers in our own way. So we're all responsible for our own conduct. And we all need to be careful that we are doing by the checklist in Galatians 5, because this is Galatians 6, so that we know that we are revealing fruit that shows a spirit-filled life. And if any of those sinful desires are rare in their head, then let's be repentive because he says, if a brother or sister or another believer is overcome by sin, we should gently and humbly help that person back on the right path. And you know, my biggest thing is we need to pray with them, pray for them. Because if mum's the word, the spirit's heard and the work gets done because the Holy Spirit is way less offensive than we are. And you have to think that if they have the Holy Spirit in any way, shape, or form, the Holy Spirit's convicting power can lead them back on the right path. Whether it's through asking questions or seeing the Holy Spirit in you, then let's help each other. Because it says so right there. Share each other's burdens. That's the way of the Lord. But we can only do that by making sure our own game is right. Remember, I've said this before. Unless we're playing a perfect game, we have no right to talk about someone else's. And I know for a fact we're all human. I don't think Jesus is walking amongst us right now, but he can walk in us and through us and help us to identify and share in the need for prayer for each other, which we should do every day because he calls us to be intercessors as well. So he says, and he closes, we need to be transformed as a new creation in God's love through God in grace through faith to become one with him because doing just doing good isn't going to be enough that doesn't matter we got to have jesus as lord of our life so today take that spiritual checklist in galatians 5 starting at verse 19 and if the Lord is moving in you on this Sabbath, then let's say, Lord, I repent. I need you. I want you, Lord, of my life. And let your Holy Spirit lead me because I want more of you. What a great day to do that as we enter into our holiday season and just what he is all about. 
Have a great Sabbath. We'll see you tomorrow as we enter into Ephesians. Word of God speak. Would you pour down like rain? Wash it.